Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. She is further identified as the daughter of Fanwell. Now, the name Fanwell means the face of God. As we've talked about before, names in the Bible were significant. It wasn't just, you know, hey, that's a cool name. I'm going to name my baby that. That when people were given names in the Bible, it usually was characteristic of who that person was. That's why Abram. His name was changed to Abraham, which meant father of many nations. And so we see how Saul to Paul, and we see how significant that names are in the Bible, and they were usually characteristic of what that person was. So this tells me probably, 99% sure, that Anna was raised with a father who loved God. That his name being Phanuel, meaning the face of God, that when Anna was growing up, she saw what God was like. She saw the love, how God would love. She saw how God would give compassion. She saw him living out the word of God. And so when we look at Fanuel, we're looking at Anna being raised under a man who understood what it meant to represent God to his children. Men, you have to be Fanuels. You have to be the face of God to your children. When they're growing up, they have to see God in you. They have to see Christ in you. If you're at home and you're bringing them to church, you're doing a disservice if you get home and you're not showing them what God looks like. And you have that opportunity. That's the beautiful thing. You have that decision to make. When you walk out of here today and you pick up your kids from children's church and you drive to lunch and everything else, what do you talk about? Besides fantasy football stats. Hopefully the men who know the stats in fantasy football know more scriptures than the stats. Amen? Amen? So we have that opportunity as men, because they, statistics also show the studies today, studies show that children are more apt to look at their father and to follow their father as an example. That's why when you have fatherless homes, you have over 70% or over 80% in prison. That's how important the father is. And as we look to our children, we're supposed to represent who God is. You know why Anna was so faithful throughout her life? Because she had a father who represented God to her. It started when she was little. It started before she was walking. The presence of God was there. He represented her. It not only says that she is the daughter of Fanwell, she is further identified as a widow, advanced in years. In Luke 1, when the angel Gabriel shows up to Zechariah and says, Hey, your wife is going to give birth. And he's like, wait a minute. My wife's going to get, I'm an old man. And that same phrase is used. My wife is advanced in years. Same exact phrase there. 
Why is that? Because God uses older people. He uses that. And you know, you look at something like a miracle of Elizabeth giving birth to John the Baptist. And here's Zechariah saying, when? And this is a man of God. This is a man of God. I mean, he's a priest. He happened to be in the temple that time. Gabriel shows up. And as Gabriel shows up, he's cluing him in on the time. And I mean, you would think at least he would recognize, man, this is an angel. He had to announce himself. And then after that, he tells him, you know, your wife is going to get, and you're going to call him John. Well, how can that be? She's advanced in years. Well, God does that a lot of times because he wants to make sure that no flesh gets the glory. He does that oftentimes, uses the least likely people. I mean, she's not just a widow, one of the the least in society, right? When you read the Old Testament, you see over and over again how the church, God's people, is supposed to take care of the widows. Why? Because in that culture, at that time, they were the most susceptible and the most vulnerable to people preying on them. So it was widows and orphans constantly. Widows, orphans, foreigners constantly over and over again. In fact, Isaiah brings a word against the people in chapter 1 of Isaiah, and he's hitting them on injustice, and one of the things he brings up is their treatment of widows. Why? Because widows couldn't make it in that day. And yet God's using a widow here, and not only a widow, she's advanced in years. I mean, that's... Two strikes. I mean, right there, and check this out. When it says she's advanced in years, she's either 84 years old or she's 104. Scholars are divided on that because of the way the Greek, the original language, is written there. It could actually mean either one. That after she was married, after she was a virgin, she got married and her husband died seven years and she was a widow from that point on. That could be... If she was 13 years old in that day, they got married at 13 or 14 years old. But let's go to the low point. 13 years old, seven years later, her husband dies. That puts her at 20. And if she was a widow for 84 years, that puts her at 104 years old. So some say she was 104. Others say, no, it means she was a widow until she was 84 years old. But either way, she's advanced in years. Wouldn't you agree? Not all of us, right? But in fact, there's somebody here this morning that makes Anna look young. And I praise God for her because she's been a pillar in my life. She's been, yeah, amen. So she's a widow. She's advanced in years. And here she is when her husband passed away. What did she do? She turned her heart to the Lord. And she set her life on serving God. You say, well, what's that got to do with it? Well, when somebody loses a loved one, in my own personal experience through the years as a pastor, people either get bitter or they get better. And, you know, there's a relative of Drusel and I. She lost her husband at a relatively young age, and she and her husband served faithfully in church. Every time the doors opened, they were there. But then when her husband passed at a relatively young age, she became bitter. I think even to this day, she's not in church. And so then I've seen others where they've lost a loved one 
And God did an amazing work in their life. They never turned their back on the Lord, but they continued to move forward with the Lord. And she's one of those. She's, she lost her husband young. She could have said, why God? Why did you rob me? I've been committed to you. I was raised in a Christian home, you know, or a godly home. And here I've got hopes and dreams. My husband and I, we talked about all of this. And she was a widow so long that she's not even identified as his wife, but the daughter of Fanwell. That's how her identification came, because she's been a widow so long. But she could have said, you know, why? I mean, we have those questions at times. There's nothing wrong to wrestle with God during those times. But oftentimes, God gets the bad rap, and not Satan, or not the fallen world that we live in going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And, and I've had to walk with people through their times of loss. And I try and prop them up and encourage them and say, look, I don't understand it. I don't know what it's like to lose a spouse. And it just so happens this morning before service, somebody introduced me to a man. His first time at church here, he had lost his spouse. He's only about 40 years old. Lost her about a year ago, and I had the opportunity to pray with him. And I said, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. And so my encouragement to you is look at Anna. And there's no doubt that she had plans and that she had dreams and vision with her husband and talking about children, all those things that come along with establishing a family. And then boom, in one moment, her life changed. So God's using her. In her advanced years, she was still faithful in serving the Lord. Whether she was 104, whether she was 84, she's still serving the Lord. And we need to realize that as we grow older, retirement is not in God's vocabulary. It isn't in its vocabulary. I'm not saying that we don't retire from our careers and we don't switch things up. But America has lied to the American people because our idea of retirement is we hit a certain age and then we take the rest of our years as just kicking back with our feet kicked up, interrupted maybe at times by some significant event like I'm going to go to Hawaii or something. In fact, over vacation, I was able to knock out a couple books and one of the books I read was a book by Albert Moeller called The Conviction to Lead. It's one of the greatest books I've ever read on Christian leadership because it just doesn't stay with leadership in the church. It talks about leadership in every arena. Whatever you do out there, if you're in leadership, this book, even if you're a family man or a woman over children, that this book will speak to you because it gives 25 principles on leadership that are sprung out of the Bible. And so I read this book, and what intrigued me the most about the book, believe it or not, I get to the last chapter, and the last section of that chapter, the last section of the last chapter was entitled, The Scandal of Retirement. Now, listen to me, because I, I wrote this down verbatim. I wanted you to hear it. I wanted you to hear it. Albert writes... In the years after World War II, Americans developed the idea that the good life meant having a fulfilling career followed by a lengthy retirement. 
The ideal retirement seems to be a life of leisure and ease, occasionally interrupted by travel and entertainment. That is a fundamentally dangerous concept. He went on to say, in the first place, it is unprecedented in human history. The idea of a long period of unproductive leisure at the end of life is a modern invention, and it flies in the face of the Bible's exhortation to meaningful work and service for the kingdom. This does not mean that we expect workers to stay in the same job until they drop from exhaustion, or that leaders must stay in a position of leadership until death. It does mean that the American ideal of retirement does not meet the Christian standard of faithfulness. And he goes on to say, for the Christians, the issue should be redeployment rather than retirement. Now, just so happens I ran into two of our elderly saints in the office on Thursday. One was a correctional officer. The other one was a teacher for years. They both retired. And they were telling me, Pastor Walt, we won't be in service Sunday because we're going to be in Brawley. Because Sean is dedicating, Pastor Sean is dedicating four babies. And these two women head up our quilting ministry. So every time we do a baby dedication, that quilt that the parents take home that becomes a lovely emblem for them and a lovely gift from the church with everything they're embroidered on the back and they go the extra mile to make it nice. That comes from two ladies who didn't say, my life now is going to be a life of ease. Two ladies who said, how can the Lord use us? So every time you see a baby dedication up here, Rita Copeland and Mary Smith are behind that. And they're growing old. Yes, amen. That they, they are Anna's. See, that's the issue. It isn't retirement, it's redeployment. It's, man, I'm not going to take years of unfruitful production in the kingdom. When I retire, God's freeing me up to do something else. And that's what we want to see it as. So that's Anna's identification. We have a little bit in the scriptures about her. It isn't much, but what's said is enough for you and I to speak to each one of us now. What I really want to focus on, that was my introduction, is her dedication. Her dedication. I promise you, I won't keep you long, but I want to talk about her dedication. I want us to really focus on this because it speaks volumes of her life. I mean, when you look at a lady who is a widow and at this age still running the race and really finishing the race. She's going to go sprinting across the finish line. She's not going to go crawling across the finish line. What is it about her? What is it about Anna? Because I think that's the desire of each one of us, is it not? That you and I finish the race sprinting across, that you and I finish the race, that the older we get, the more God uses us. Right? That's what Jerry Reeb, the one who spoke here that we did, we launched the Thailand ministry with. He wrote that book later on in life. And there's over 50,000 pastors now in Africa, almost 5,000 by the end of September, that are going to be pastors in small groups. I remember him on the phone telling me. He said, my prayer would be that my later days would be more glorious than my former days with the Lord. And that prayer is being answered. So what is it about Anna? 
Why was she so strong in the Lord? Well, it tells us just in one verse, right? When we look at verse 37, it says, And she was a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple. That's the first thing. Anna loved, if I can term it this way, God's house. That she saw the importance when God declared that people would worship at the temple, and that was what was weird with the Romans that the Jews lived under at that time. There were three things that were weird to the Romans. One was that the Jews had one God. One was that they had one temple because the Greeks had and the Romans had multiple temples, multiple gods, and they didn't work on the Sabbath. They thought that was weird because their grind was seven days a week. So those things were weird. And so here Anna knew that God's prescription for worship took place there. She saw the importance of gathering with God's people and she drew strength from that. You see, we we don't just come to church to sing some songs and say, man, I hope the worship team does well. They always do well, don't you think? Or I hope the sermon's good. Well, 50% of the time it is. When Chris speaks, it's good. But listen to me. It wasn't about that. It was about God's people gathering corporately. There was a lot of activity around the temple. Sacrifices took place. Choirs were singing, the Levites at times. There was all this activity. And there was, when you love God, there's this desire that I want to be where God's people are. We're still seeing the effects of COVID. When they shut down the church and said no one can worship, it's too dangerous for you. And the reason I say we're still seeing the effects of it because there's people that during that time became very relaxed towards God's house. They said, hey, we can get worship and we can get the sermon online. This is kind of cool. They even put extra cameras up to make worship even look better and more real. And so now you're in a situation today where people are departing the church. They're departing. They're doing the exact opposite of what Anna did. It says specifically she didn't depart. And, and they're departing. And here's the sad thing. There's people that have health issues, and there's people that have jobs that can't allow them to be here on Sunday, and their heart is longing to just be among God's people, singing corporately and interacting with the people of God. And they can't be. Then there's those once a month. Now. They're here every Sunday, saw the importance of it then, but then all of a sudden discovered online. And if you're out there watching online and you've got health issues or you're working, we pray for you. If you're out there and you're just using this as a matter of convenience, I'm going to tell you straight out as a pastor, you are violating God's word. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 makes it clear. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together 
as is been the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We talk about how close the return of Christ is. Everything else has pushed God's house out. Football. Traveling sports. And if you think you're going to pick up an iPhone and please God by doing that, I'm going to tell you you're not. That isn't legalistic. When I come to God, I have to come the way he prescribes it. When we look at worship, we come to God the way he prescribes it. We don't approach God on our terms. He delineates and he tells us. And one of the things in scripture is that we're to be there all the time. We are to be there. People would would look at Anna, they would probably make judgments against her and say, she's out of her mind. She's there every time the door's open. What's gotten into her? And they would even say stuff probably like this. She's so heavenly minded, she's no earthly good. I would put before you, she's so heavenly minded, she's very earthly good. Now, I'm coming at you today in love on what God's scripture says, not because I'm the pastor. In fact, one of the reasons I think I'm a pastor today is because every time the doors opened, I was there. And I wanted to be there. And I still want to be here. When we were on vacation, we longed to get back to Christ Community Church. But listen to me, beloved. How do we reconcile with God that we're going to come to church when we want to? How do we do that? And especially as we see the day drawing near. We're, as pastors, supposed to be turning up the heat right now, not backing off. If we really believe the Lord's return is soon, we're not to back off. We want people That when the Lord shows, they're not surprised. They're not shocked, but they're anticipating that the Lord is coming. And one of the reasons she was there with God to the end of her life was she never departed. Now, I don't believe she lived there. I believe that she was just there all the time. And that's why she got to witness what she did. But the ones who have departed church today... It's only a matter of time before they fizzle out. They're not seeking God. They're not. They're seeking other things. They're seeking the flesh or the pleasure. Again, if you've got health issues or if you work, I understand that. But if it's wake up on a Sunday morning and my Sunday morning's free, I think I'll drive out to the desert and just turn the service on my iPhone. How do we reconcile? God wants us among his people. We're the strength for one another as the days get wicked. As the days get evil. So she worshiped, didn't depart temple, but she worshiped the Lord with prayer and fasting. And if you understand the importance of prayer and fasting, you can understand why her heart was the way it was, that she worshiped continually. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, she's actually the flesh on some of the scripture there. In 1 Timothy 5 verse 5, it says, She who is truly a widow left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. Night and day. That's what Paul gives 
the instruction before Paul wrote that, that was Anna. And I don't know if maybe Paul thought of Anna because it gives enough information that people would know who Anna was. And maybe he was thinking of her as he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that I know a woman that is just like that. I know a woman who is just like that. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.